Hey folks, uh, welcome to another bonus episode. Um, this is our first world building episode. Uh, join me today, Eden, who you'll all know as uh, as Prompt in our D&D, as the GM for our Shadowrun episodes, and by now as, um, I've got your character's name written down here, as... I should have this off the top yeah, of my head, yeah. shouldn't I? <laughs> as Barnard um, Hardcastle, Barnard. that's it. Yeah, it was um, on the tip of my tongue <laughs> in our in our Call of Cthulhu ones. Which um, yeah, either I think by the time this one goes up, this this the, the second Call of Cthulhu episode will have come out by the time this comes up. So um, yeah, okay, okay, yeah. Hello, I'm Eden, and All I'm right. going to be slightly less silly on this one, probably. It's fine. You can be as silly as you like, but yeah, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Um, <laughs> today, um, we're, well, we're, I should probably go into um, what these world building episodes are actually going to be. Uh, when we play D&D, uh, we are playing it in our own homebrew world, um, which is a land called Valana. Um, we've kind of made reference to a lot of the stuff during the game, but uh, most of the details of the world aren't really fleshed out that much. So we thought it might be quite cool is to do a few of these episodes where we kind of go through what we've got, we come up with some new details, and then at the end, uh, whoever's joining me for that particular episode, obviously today it's Eden, uh, is going to pitch a completely new thing for the world that we can uh, we can then figure out where it fits and that. I think it should be quite fun just to sort of figure some of this out. And because, um, I mean, we're playing in it, why, why shouldn't we write it all? Um, oh, of course. And... Because as usual, I set myself a huge task. <laughs> I've come up with a whole world, and suddenly I've got a whole lot of stuff that I need to write. So, yeah, <laughs> me being lazy, it's like, somebody come and help me. <laughs> I can't blame you. I mean, looking at the map that you've already put together, it's really impressive. Like, people should go and look at this. If you've been listening to the podcast so far, what you, what you want to go to is worldanvil.com forward slash W forward slash Valana dash pretending with dice. Yeah. And then you can get all the rest of it from there and check out the map because the detail AJ's put into this, it's really impressive. It's like a Google map view of the world itself. I may or you, may not have stitched it together with Google maps. <laughs> but hey, I, I it works, it works. Yeah, I can confirm. Basically, yeah. Uh, well, the, the map itself, I mean... Uh, hopefully, listeners will have gone to the the thing and can look and can look at it. So um, we will assume that they have. The map itself has gone through quite a few iterations. Originally, um, it was a, but it was it was just a kind of pencil drawing on a large piece of paper from my original sort of home game D and D thing. I had mm-hmm. a few towns on it and sort of general shape of a uh, a continent, which is fairly similar to how the, the map goes now. Um, and that, that's kind of how it was for the longest time. And then when we started doing the podcast, I decided, you know, if we're going to be doing D&D, it'd be fun to play in the same world because I've already put a little bit of time into it. Um, so I should probably upgrade the map at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it's interesting to see the, ev- the evolution there between what is your rough sketch, because I can see the heart of that in the map itself that's on the screen right now. Yeah, and yeah, like you say, it's it's useful to have that reference point. Like now that I'm looking at this, I can see all the places we've been to already. I can f- see a few places where, like, I named a couple of these places, like Potches <laughs> on the map. Like, there, there's a couple on of map. Oh, all on the the current map. It's on the current map. Like, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I flicked back to the current one. I don't remember Potch being on the uh, the old map, but um, yeah. And then then when we started doing the um the podcast, I uh, uh I then after that I had a sort of again a sort of attempt at doing a kind of Microsoft Paint style version, 
um, which is the one in front of you that I've just sent you is not that, but it's kind of sort of like a, a vague outline of what it would become, but like just done with like big blocks of color added a few places. And um, now if listeners go onto our website, they can see the full version made of uh, a bunch of Google Earth screenshots with rivers and roads and everything painted on them, mountains added and after the fact and Photoshop. And yeah, it's um, I'm pretty, I'm pretty pleased with it. Yeah, I th- I, honestly, it's come together beautifully, and uh, it gives gives me a greater sense of like, say, we're the next time we're playing. If some one of us wants to travel somewhere per se, like we've heard the name of a place, you can p- at least pull up the map and be like, "Do you really want to go all the way across the world to get to that place, guys?" Like, you, you can logically yeah. pull it up and be like, <laughs> "Hey, here's the lay of the land. Like, make decisions based on this," as opposed to like, you know, not that we've kind of pointed ourselves in any directions and gone we want to aim at that hill or anything like that but if we did mm. at least you can rein us in at that point yeah well i found it i find it very helpful because i've been able to say to you like okay so this is about a three-day journey or something and then from that be able to sort of get a sense of scale of how far things are and things that you know so now in future if you guys say oh we've <laughs> we heard a name let's go there i can pull up the map and go well this was three days that's going to take you two weeks to get there or something like that um so we're gonna have either we're gonna have to either skip over two weeks and shortchange the listeners or <laughs> or you guys are gonna have to be comfortable with me throwing two weeks of random encounters and random weirdness at you <laughs> on the way to your place <laughs> yeah it could be something but i think we're a bit more focused on the kind of like right now at least our characters are very deep in the plot to retrieve these gems of power and what have you yeah um, well, <laughs> let's not just say there's a lot of gems of power because that is 100% not what I <laughs> had in mind. Oh, fair I, enough. It just happened to be two gems, and I, I didn't think about it till right after, <laughs> till we were already mid-recording, and I think you said, oh, another gem of power. There must be gems of power. And I was like, oh, oh, I've made a, mi- <laughs> I've made a big mistake here. <laughs> oh, there, there's, there's no reason to react to anything Front says like that. <laughs> <laughs> Any assumption that Prons makes in terms of like, oh, I'm making a logical extrapolation right now. Yeah. Oh no, it was it was a logical extrapolation. It was a logical extrapolation. I can't even talk extrapolation. I'm not going to edit this. It's going to be fine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, you'd encountered two relics, and both have been gems with different properties. So of course, you know, you would think, oh, well, there's lots of magical gems out there. There are lots of magical <laughs> gems out there. They're just that's not the quest I'm sending you guys on. <laughs> I'm going to have to resist the urge to talk about making a gauntlet to put them in. <laughs> I think we're way past that. I think that joke has already been made on the podcast. Uh, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> um, right, so let's give a kind of overview then of, of what the, the land is, is like um, for listeners who haven't been able to go onto our, our World Anvil page. So we're, we're mainly playing in what's known as the Kingdom of Valana, which is a fairly large country, uh, a good half of which is a blasted wasteland known as the auric wastes as the result of uh in my mind i don't think i've sort of codified it anywhere but it's it's kind of it's not due to climate it's a it's the result of a large magical catastrophe at some point in the um in the in the past Mm. um so it's all kind of a blasted sort of desert wasteland bits of it have been reclaimed and there's a couple of settlements here and there but yeah, I'd say it's a fairly distant past that this this whole kind of basically half the country was destroyed, sort of thing. The other half of the country, however, is a verdant land um, with plenty of settlements here and there, uh, and a, a large, well, 
the main feature you guys have come across actually is a large um fast flowing river going basically from all the way in the south at a map from a mountain range called the ice spine mountains uh which travels the pretty much the length of the country um coming out in the north at springport uh you guys haven't been to the north yet but um yeah it's a fairly defining feature uh, also on our map, there is, there's a couple of neighbouring nations, uh, they haven't really been mentioned in the game at all yet. The, well, a couple of reasons. <laughs> uh, one is, uh, the, to the uh, to the west is the Kingdom of Ashala, which is, in my mind, it's kind of like a, I guess, I mean, even the, the shape of the continent on the map, it's kind of like you guys are playing in Germany, Ashala is France, sort of thing. That's the uh -huh. sort of, that's the kind of I relationship can I can, yeah, sort of see there. And in the far east, uh, on the other side of the Auric Wastes, uh, we, on a, well, at least on our map, we have uh, part of another country called the Empire of Ruvard. Um, not going to lie, I haven't really come up with a lot for them other than a name and the fact that there's part <laughs> they're in part of the wastes as well. But um, yeah, sort of a. Well, they're a very long way away. I can't yeah. see that we're going to get to them anytime soon. <laughs> no, no. I mean, we may never get to them on with this particular group of characters, but they are. It's definitely a sort of I've put I've put that in there as like a hmm, this is the other neighbor sort of thing, but no, I haven't <laughs> I've got any place names, haven't got any real idea about them other than they are also there. Um, as of when you need something set in a dusty wasteland, then you know where to go. Yeah, oh for sure, yeah, and there's nothing really. I mean, <laughs> you, you, as you said, you guys have been fairly content so far to sort of stay kind of on the rails would you say a little bit oh for the most part i think yeah. that we've done a couple of things that have like going off to see bork's cousin and getting painted i think is possibly the furthest like mm. away from like because that, that was the day when you were like okay you're at a junction there's a city on your left and you could just keep going on your right and it's like let's go left yeah i don't know <laughs> if that was a, a misheard point or whatever but i kind of had said like i i definitely remember saying like if you carry on toward your destination to the south you can do that. There's also a city to the left. There's a road going to the north. I was just sort of mentioning it, and you guys, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, we're, like we're going to the city. We're going in. Cue like three episodes of <laughs> dicking around in the city, but which no, I'm all for that. That's fine. Oh yeah, like, I had a lot of fun with that. I was, uh, I was uh, getting painted. I think is one of Prance's greatest moments so far. That's, <laughs> I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. He's, he's got that rolled up and in, in his pack. I take it. So that's. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that's. Yeah. Well, not, not that it was a particularly well-rendered drawing or anything. I, I, <laughs> my mind's eye, there's just like a stick figure with a little bird over his crotch. Yeah. <laughs> Some terrible five-year-old's rendition of this. But hey, no, he'll treasure it always because it's not, it's not about the, the end result. It's about the journey he took to get that picture. <laughs> it's about using charm person to force a man to draw him naked. <laughs> That's what it's all about. The real painting was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> um. <clears throat> So yeah, I mean, I mean, my point being though that there's every you guys have been fairly happy to be on the rails, but there's every possibility. You know, I'd be perfectly happy if you if you guys had turned around, if you guys had talked each other into not going after relics and just being like, well, you know what, I'm happy. Let's go. Let's go a different way. I would have. I feel like Jason yeah. would have made his character point his bow and arrow at both of our heads and just be like, "No, we're doing it." <laughs> Very likely. <laughs> That like, and he'd like, have been justified in fairness. I, I feel like yeah. had we tried to walk away from this, it'd be like, really, guys, are we are we actually going to become murder hobos and just go off the beaten trail right now? Like, I'm quite happy to be like pseudo adventurer. Like, Prince isn't quite like the good guy, let's say, but he's he's trying. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, it's a real possibility that that's exactly how that would have gone down. <laughs> Pretty much. But um, yeah, I mean, I feel like we're almost getting towards a point, though, where I feel like you're, you guys are all a bit more comfortable with the game and I can leave things a little bit more open, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Very much so. I mean, I, I can think back to the starting point because, I mean, just to remind listeners that, like, me... Uh, Mark and J- Jason, like none of us had done any role playing before pretending with dice at all. Hmm. Like the closest I'd come was playing Warhammer back in the day. And that was really kind of like, I painted the figures mostly and I read the law. Yeah. So getting past that hump of like, okay, we're basically performing. And on top of that, we're ad living. None of us are the type to be like getting on stage or anything like that. I mean, quietly. And I think it probably comes through for me is like, I've always been into comedy and yeah, yeah. Like, w- working on that kind of stuff genuinely like since starting this has really roused something in me so to speak Go, going a bit more toward leaning you know getting the, the itch to um <laughs> do a bit more of the sort of improv comedy type that's it and recognizing like oh hey if and it's working with you in particular like, i feel like we bounce off of each other well we know where we're going and mm. as, a, as the group as a whole i feel like as you say we're getting better at that all around like mark in particular is one where like he was so full of trepidation to begin with and i love the fact that like mark seizes these heroic moments now he doesn't yeah. just throw his sword <laughs> like he did in the first <laughs> episode he actually goes in and does things like you can you can tell that in his mind's eye he's with us now as yeah he, he's uh, and, he's good to go well we've we kind of found that out at the start of the last arc didn't we when you guys were off doing a drunk thing and he was very much like i'm not getting drunk i'm sticking yeah, to the yeah. plan i'm taking the map i'm taking a horse and i i'm even if these two aren't coming with me i'm gonna go complete this mission i really like that i, I hope that the listeners like that as well because <laughs> yeah it felt it, it was so natural in the moment that episode was really interesting in the way where like we built up to that moment so naturally mm. and without any kind of conscious thing of like, hey guys, we're going to have an argument and then we'll do the whole makeup breakup thing. Like, instead, it just naturally came about that, like, oh, we're all going in different directions today. And then by the end, you, you came up with enough fun things to like pull us back together. And yeah, I really like that episode. And as you say, I think that that was the one that like, it felt like we had the strongest cohesion there and that hopefully we can keep that going. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, what on earth was my point? My point, yeah, but I can keep it a bit more open for you guys. Um, mm. So I, I think I'm going to actually, and in a non-spoilery way, obviously I've got some stuff planned, um, you know, for upcoming stories, but I, I feel like I, I, I've got a bit more leeway to be able to sort of not lock you guys in so much to a, a story point if you do feel like there's a point where one of you goes like, well, I would like to go see the capital, or I would like to... What you know? What's over there? What's the deal with that place? Yeah, you know, yeah. Obviously, with the podcast kind of thing, it's a, you know, there's a little bit of a um, impetus for me to not, you know, come unprepared without a storyline, so to say. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to sort of figure out how I'm going to kind of. I, I don't want you guys to feel kind of penned in so much. Let's put, let's put it that way. But I also mm-hmm. need to. <laughs> I feel like the very nature of it, where we do storylines and stuff. Yeah, it's it's interesting. But well, yeah. Again, like just it's, it's a, another sort of side note, I suppose. But now having had that experience of doing my first DMing thing with the Shadow Run and mm. having to roll with the punches and like not knowing quite what you guys were going to do, there. Were, I mean, <laughs> there were quite a lot of things in that. I don't, I don't want to go too far into it, but there were quite a lot of things in it that you guys did where I was like, I did not see that coming, and uh, I had to yeah. roll with the punches <laughs> so fast. In that terms that of like, happens to me all the time with you guys. <laughs> I, but it gave me a much greater appreciation for what you're doing and like a, a better sense of like you can only build so much 
the mm. rest of it has to be in this kind of like nebulous sketched out kind of space where like okay i've got the vague idea if you steer towards this thematic thing then we'll go over towards that idea that yeah. I've got. if you go if you're feeling a bit more aggressive today then maybe we'll go towards that right it's it's an interesting process and something that yeah I hope the listeners are getting a sense of like how much effort goes into it. I, I would hope so too. But with that in mind, with only building so much, <laughs> this is good. This is a good segue. Um, <laughs> the one thing we can build is the setting. So, Indeed. do you like that segue? I thought it was quite good. Oh yeah, that was, yeah. That was solid. <laughs> Professionalism, people. Um, so okay, well let's run down kind of what I've got fleshed out so far then. Um, in terms of sort of, I've got the three sort of the three main cities in varying degrees of having an idea what they're like mm-hmm. um kind of and they do run from north to south as well which is kind of like a very convenient thing for me uh, <laughs> uh, and then i've got a, a few sort of smaller settlements some of which you guys have been to already um and then a, a couple of other ideas here and there but mostly it's all open there's a lot of dots and names on the map of which i've most of them are just like that's a fun name <laughs> I need something for that dot, you know. Um, so anyway, then, so I've got the the idea for the capital. You guys have sort of heard about, but you haven't been to. Um, you've met some people from there. You've met some people connected to it. Um, that is the capital city of uh, Valene, which is right on the north coastline. Again, ah, yes, I see. Yeah, you've 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 kind of heard a bit about it. I've written a bit about it on World Anvil, um, but I've I've left a lot. Uh, still left to be filled in really i've kind of got a kind of general sort of description of the city as like it's coastal city it's where the the royal palace is the uh the cerulean palace i've got a name for it and everything so i'm not completely out of there um about three quarters of a million people live there uh yeah as, as yeah that's 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 i've got a fairly solid idea in my mind about that one um mm-hmm. The next major one i've got uh you guys have been to which is lorana which is in the sort of well, I've been kind of in, in some places calling it the Middlelands, but really I haven't sort of come up with a a real kind of demarcation of like, this is the middle, this is the south, this is the north. So maybe mm-hmm. that can be something we can come up with as like what the boundaries are or something. Um, but yeah, you, you guys have been to Lorana. It's sort of fairly centrally located on a river and yeah, I don't know. I kind of Im- Im- imagine it as like built up around a keep originally to having like a big walled town and then to having an even bigger which then was the central district and then that even that got another wall built around it and it's just been sort of constantly kind of growing Mm -hmm. um to look look at its location on the map and it's kind of like the the locations around it and everything it looks like it would be a trade hub of sorts that it's kind of like a crossroads yeah that that was sort of my idea i mean some of the stuff on the map I was very recently filled in <laughs> um, near to there. There's some sort of elven places that I just got names for, and that's it, that are in the forest next to it. And then you guys obviously you came from the west where Aravel was, and so, yeah, it, and it's sort of on the trade road going from north south. You know, so that, that whole kind of trade hub was very much what I had in mind with it. The other main city that I've got a good idea of, and that's only because I had to come up with a place that one of the king's sons was the duke of, is... Uh, Right in the south, there's a city called uh, Serenal, which is sort of on this big lake called Lake Arla. And I, in my head, I'm kind of in. I haven't got a lot written for it, but what I've got pictured is kind of like, um, if I say like it, Italian Riviera, kind of Venice style, 
Does that does that, does that yeah, translate? Yeah, that yeah. evokes that evokes architecture and imagery immediately. Uh, yeah, I've been kind of even though I've, I've sort of thrown myself off a little bit by putting the giant desert <laughs> in it, but really I am still imagining that it gets a bit warmer the further south you go, even though there's a giant mountain range. Sort of mm-hmm. thing. So that's kind of like this is sort of like what if we just move the top of Italy to above the Alps, but the you know <laughs> the weather's the same, and then the Alps are still there, so you know with the ice spine mountains. Sounds like a nice place to visit. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you guys can. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> oh god, I'm gonna have to. Maybe, write maybe we can stuff. take a gondola and have a romantic evening. <laughs> um, but really, other than a couple of other small settlements that you guys have been to, that's pretty much in the way of things I've got set in stone for this. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a few place names, sort of for other other kind of larger towns, but nothing really in mind so much. So. I don't know. With this being a kind of overview, did we, I thought maybe we could kind of come up with a sort of mood. We have got, we, we just got a few names. We can just put like a one-word mood to each of them. What, what do you think about that? Okay, I'm, I'm game. Maybe, maybe not necessarily one word, but you know what I mean. There's a kind of like yeah, just a, a little bit of thought into like what's the local area like. What's what hmm. is there a reason why this place is named that? That kind of deal. Yeah, like what is well, <laughs> inevitably the reason is. I came up with an odd name and needed a place. <laughs> yeah, but, well, I, I mean, does the name evoke anything? Is there something that we could like bounce off of with that? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, where, where do you want to start? We can start start in the north, start in the south. You name something, I'll try and think up something that comes with it. Okay, well, why don't we start in the south and we'll kind of work our way up the river. How, how's okay. that sound? So I'm going to ignore all the little places for now. Most of them don't have names, but some of them do. Mm-hmm. Um, so Serena, we've already got the kind of like, sort of like Venice sort of vibe. Um, to the east of that, I've got a place called High Hill, and it's on the edge of the the wastes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's on its own sort of little river. Well, what immediately comes to mind, I kind of because it's within what appears to be potentially, you would be able to see on the horizon the edge of the wastes. Yes, definitely. Like, I'd say, I mean, it's. I haven't really got a scale on the map, but it's probably about five to ten miles from the wastes at most. Okay, so I'm thinking that High Hill, given the name and everything, it, I, I quite like the idea of Plateau City, something that's up on top of like a large, mm. rocky kind of like structure. Oh, and then it kind of drops off up down into the waste sort of thing. That's it, and it would serve as kind of like the reason why you would build that up as a structure in the first place or as a settlement would be its defensive purposes, because obviously if you're up on a plateau and you've got enough space to be able to farm up there, because that, they're still in a fairly verdant mm. space of land and everything. I mean, <laughs> I'm kind of like going to use this as a slightly cheating reference point, but you've played Red Dead Redemption 2. I have played Red Dead Redemption 2, yes. <laughs> there's lots and lots of like rocky plateaus and outcrops and things where like there's only one route up to the top of it, kind of. Hmm. And once you're up there, there's lots of animals, there's plant life. You could live up there if you wanted to, but it's a pain in the ass to get up there. Yeah. And I could see that maybe High Hill would start off as that and it's slowly built up to be a larger settlement. Maybe mm. it, it began as perhaps a military encampment that they, they took this land sort like, of. as obviously a strategic stronghold. And then after a point, like life just continued there. It, it was realized that this was actually quite a comfortable place to live. And then whether or not this was before or after, I mean, obviously you said the, the magical event was a thousand years ago. I haven't got an exact number in mind, but it's been a while Uh, i've I've actually well that that said i do we we do have a bit of a timeline i should probably mention um i've 
kind of splits uh, or one of the things on world anvil which is really great is when you start a timeline it says like name this era so i've kind of everything i've got written i've got set in the same era which is the uh, age of unification mm-hmm. the name of the previous one i had it was the age of arcane might so I'm kind of imagining that as like a there was a lot more magic flying around and it happened at some point during there. Yeah, sounds uh, like a good time for half the world to get ravaged. Yeah, exactly. And maybe that was like a bit of a sort of end of the end of the era was like, oh crap, we destroyed half the country. You know, sort of <laughs> <laughs> better drop some of that arcane stuff for a while. <laughs> yeah, maybe keep it on the down low, guys. Yeah, um, but well, the year that we're playing in now, well, as of the end of the last story arc is 1308 age of unification so we could probably say that maybe it happened about 2000 years ago okay something like that so so maybe justifying a high hill as like i I don't think it would have been a location that was built up at the time when that occurred then but perhaps perhaps it could represent like the frontier of a sort it's like here's this place where we can observe like beyond any of the military things that i might have alluded to as another purpose for the location would be that this is the one place perhaps that you can get a decent view out into the wastes to get some sense of like oh wow it just goes on mm. or perhaps it was it was it did uh, going to the military thing it started as a military encampment to sort of guard from strange magical terrors coming from the wastes mm. which have maybe Again, I don't want to set this in stone, but maybe they've they've kind of got a bit of a handle on over the years. Hence, it then expanding to be more of a town, you know, slash yeah, I like city. that idea, especially in terms of it kind of like because thematically, I kind of like the idea of like a guard post town or mm. a guard post settlement, where the main purpose would be that like, hey, we don't really like. There's nothing that grows here that's fantastic. There's no actual stuff that like we don't mine here but we have to be here. Yeah. And that the place struggles by as a result of that, but it has a very dedicated purpose. And they, yeah, that's so I like mm. that. I'm, I mean, I can always adjust the map a little bit. I might actually move it slightly further east to be, there's a little bit of a bulge out into the wastes. Yeah, see, I see just north of it. Yeah, so I might move the actual town to there as a sort of, to get, I'd rather have it fit the, the law that we come up with, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's sort of on the last kind of the most easterly sort of bastion of non-ravaged land. Does that makes sense. And was there, and you know, over the years they've kind of they still have. It's still definitely a military base. There's still mm-hmm. definitely a large presence there, but maybe there's also regular folks living there too. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I like. I quite like the idea as well. If it's if it's been there for a long time and has been defending against the waste, then it could be quite mm. a proud place. A place with a warrior kind of cast behind it. That there is, if you're born in this place, you are going to at some point defend the wall. Yeah, maybe it's a sort of the the proudest warriors come from High Hill or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an interesting thought. I quite like that. Okay, well, there's a lot to build on there. Yeah, 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 no, that's why, that's why I'm kind of like, I don't want to over-egg the pudding oh, yeah, at this yeah, point. Yeah, no, totally. I feel like that's a solid, <laughs> like, we've we've just come up with the concept for an entire town. There you go. Maybe we'll we'll have a High Hill episode at some point where we build the town <laughs> properly. Yeah, I mean, that's the way to go. Okay, so they're moving back, um, back further west then. Uh, I'm only going to go with the places that I've actually named at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, 
little bit to the south uh, west of where you guys have just been in Wild Meadow is um, a large town is how I've kind of been picturing it but kind of a bit bigger than the villages you've been to um, not quite as big as the cities mm-hmm. uh, probably maybe actually about the same size as High Hill even though we haven't really I've, I've been picturing it as a large town let's put it that way uh, it's called uh, Dallery mm-hmm all I've kind of got on in mind for this so far is it's again sort of kind of as as much as Laran is a trade hub, this is a sort of very much like a uh, a large sort of trade stopping post on the way between Lorana and Serenal. It's not quite on the river, but it's close enough that sort of there's a few villages nearby that sort of it trades with, including Wild Meadow, you know, before everybody was killed. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, spoilers, I guess. <laughs> Go back well, we don't quite know what's going on in Wild Meadow yeah, right now. Know. I mean, we, yeah. we we know the place is being ravaged by ripples of time, and who knows what else. But yeah, those people yeah. might show back up. You don't know. Um, yeah. <laughs> this is time related stuff. Who knows what could happen? Yeah, like, I mean, Bork found some skeletons. That doesn't just... mean everybody's gone. Um, yeah, yeah, it's fine. Um, but yeah, it's it's sort of like maybe not necessarily a farming town, but it, it's it's kind of a good pro- proportion of its you know. Uh, it, 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 the farmers it's maybe a market town that's mm-hmm. kind of what I've got in mind and it's on the route between sort of Lorana being the kind of middle lands capital and Serenal being like the southern capital Am I right in thinking that the um, on the map itself there's like a darker green up to the uh, the northwest of Dallary is that forest? That is that is like forest, dense yeah. forest? Yeah. Okay well given that it's relatively close to the river and everything perhaps it could be a, a place where it's it's a lumber like part of its trade is lumber then you yeah, would have a number of like water mills and everything along the side of the river and with its proximity to the forest it's going to be quite easy for the the average man to make a living just going and chopping down trees selling them to the mill yeah because the dallery itself is maybe only a couple of miles from the river at most sort of thing mm-hmm. um well, we already said Lorana's on the river um yeah, no, that makes sense. So it's kind of like a, a sort of lumber lumber town, but also it's fed by these outside villages, and that you That's get it. Of, a, yeah, I, I tend to sort of buy into like I'm trying to think of what it is that influences this in my mind, but there's a, there's kind of like the notion of a feudal a feudal location where mm. it's all interconnected, and one place does one thing, the next place does the next thing, the next place raises their cows to be particularly good at pulling carts, that kind of thing, and then, yeah. Like each one of these places, almost to my mind, at least, and I don't know if you agree, but like, I like the idea of specialization. That there's sort of like you come into this place, and yes, they've got a bit of everything, but it's predominantly this because that's the reason for the place to exist in that day and age. Like, mm. for the most part, it, again, like it's, it's a weird reference point to be pulling because it's so completely different in its setting. But Red Dead comes to mind in terms <laughs> of like th- this is a game where you get a sense of. These towns exist here for this reason. There have uh, been I, towns that have come and gone and like burnt down, or yeah. somebody killed the saloon owner and the whole place fell apart because of that. So for, for this, you're thinking more strawberry. Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> sort of like it, it's in but a nice, in the forest. comfortable yeah. area, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a good reference point. I was thinking kind of like in Skyrim Falkreath. Yes. A little bit, yeah, but yeah, without yeah, the huge the graveyard, maybe, but. A little bit of kind of there's forest nearby it's kind of near a river sort of thing but yeah um it's you know it's sort of a little bit out away from that and it is you know not the biggest of cities but people do travel there 
that's it. It serves its purpose. Yeah, sort of the gateway to the other side of the mountain in Skyrim is sort of what I'd think of it as. But in this, mm-hmm. it would be the sort of the stopping off point between Lorana and Serenal. That's it. Yeah. And if you've got these major points between them, if Ser- Serenal's to the south and then you've got Lorana to the north, mm-hmm. admittedly far, uh, sorry, Lorana halfway between Valine and Valerie. Yeah. These are locations that, like, that's where your major construction's going on. And mm. Valerie's on that route. Yeah. So it makes sense, like, you, and you could also transport along the river. That's kind of, yeah, that, that that's what I've been thinking so, yeah. of. I've, I've actually, <laughs> I've got an article written about the river, a short one on, on here. Um, but I think I put something about, you know, a lot of trade goes on the, uh, along the, oh, I might have accidentally just created another marker. Forget that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of trade goes along the river but I also I kind of wanted and it's on the map of why there's also a road as well because mm-hmm. while it might be easy to sort of send lumber down river um, it's probably going to be quicker for people going up river to travel on the road sort of thing mm-hmm. and, yeah, yeah, yeah if that's against the, the flow of the river then why would you mm, exactly okay well that's I give some sort of a good starting point for Dallary, I think. It's not maybe not quite as um I like uh, the idea of High Hill as this sort of up on a plateau kind of thing is quite striking. Um so it's maybe not quite as defined, I would say, as the High Hill thing. But I do like it as a different sort of contrast of like this is a bit more of a sort of right by the forest sort of thing and yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it comes down to how much you want the world to be like. Do, do you want to turn every corner and find like some spectacle? Because I, I tend to think that like a world where a smattering of spectacles and a smattering of unusual things, yeah. alongside a lot of mundane stuff, like because typically, like I mean, human experience generally, like we're not walking through lives like our lives walk walking down the road, being like, oh, what's this new building that's appeared? Let me go to the <laughs> next town over. Oh, my God, the next town over is completely different. Yeah. Like, no, that just no, doesn't I, really exist. I, that, well, that, that's why I'm fairly happy with what we've come up with for Dallary, really, because it has touched on a lot of the things that we've already seen in other towns, and you are not going to have a 100% unique thing everywhere you go. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there are settings that allow for it. Like, I've, I've played quite a bit of uh, Numenera, the... Um, Tides of Numenera game. Yeah. That's set in a world where, like, you can turn every corner and every corner can be full of just ridiculous, crazy technologies and forgotten mm. things from the past. And that makes more sense. Whereas I feel like the places we've been and the people we've met already in the kingdom of uh, Milana, yeah, we can't go. We can't go too far. I mean, there's going to be places. Yeah. Certainly. But we can't just walk around down the road and be like, oh, and, and there's some crazy arcane tower. <laughs> I mean, and the fact that this is, I mean, there's going to be some crazy arcane towers, trust me. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But this (laughs) is a, this is a, yeah, I've just pulled out my, I guess I've got to edit now because I've just made a loud noise while pulling my headphones out. Oh, Oh, well. (laughs) Or not, I might leave it in. Doesn't matter. You don't know. People cope. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, Dallary is being, in my mind, a, a fairly, you know, large town on the trade road. It's not going to have too much crazy stuff in it. If you want crazy stuff, you go into the wild, or you go into the you know the the wastes, or like just a bit off the beaten track. If you know what I mean. Mm. And this is very much on the beaten track. It's more likely to be the kind of place that you'd run into like a mercenary band or something a bit more mundane like that. Like yeah. maybe they've got a criminal element in Dallary because it's a peasant town, basically. Yeah, that. Oh, that. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, 
yeah something like that it's more of a kind of it's got stuff going on it's not like a you know complete <laughs> nothing happening but it's mm-hmm. more as you say a bit more kind of mundane sort of person based in terms of the challenges you you know you might run into there mm-hmm. maybe there's a crime syndicate or something yeah i mean my mind immediately goes to a lot of history and what have you and if you're looking at the connections between the the, the river and everything that's a smuggler's dream right there yeah like yeah. You, you're looking at opportunities to take things from lorana down to serenal mm. quite easily and obviously there's going to be illicit substances things that people should or shouldn't be dealing in skooma <laughs> no um delicious bovril <laughs> well I've, okay well this is a little bit of an aside i've kind of we, we kind of started with bovril being this illicit substance that bork has, was addicted to mm-hmm. i've kind of been wanting to almost rebrand it as like an actual product he just happened to get addicted to so I, I like kind a, of like an elven delicacy I think it's something that Mark's going to have to be the one that says yes or no to, but I do like that idea. Yeah. That's one of those things where it's kind of like, to my mind, I, I don't like necessarily the idea that Bork is a drug addict. No, and, I mean, it, it was an interesting kind of joke at the beginning, but I don't I think, think it really fits with where his character's gone. I, I think it's more like in line with a huffling, perhaps, that he has just acquired a taste for an expensive food item and in some way, shape or form ruined his family because he couldn't stop spending money on it. And yeah, it's, think- it's not addiction in the sense of like he gets the shakes and withdrawal. It's more like, <laughs> he no, no, he, he can't stop thinking about this particular flavour. Like he's got a bit of a sweet tooth kind of thing and it happens to be that this particular thing is quite expensive. Mm-hmm. And it was not within their means to be constantly buying it and yet he did that's it he's acquired a rich man's taste yeah yeah maybe that was it but mainly i want to rebrand it because i came up with the idea for an episode called bork and the bovril factory but (laughs) we'll see what happens with that (laughs) say no more i I don't want to know any more than that (laughs) that's one of those things it's like oh i'm ready to be surprised by this one (laughs) so yeah yeah a little off topic there but like that that's the rebrand i want to do on bovril mainly it was a joke because mark drinks actual bovril in real life mm-hmm. which is just like how are you drinking beef juice what are you doing I, I, i've smelt it and i mean i know you and <laughs> you and jason are the the vegetarian slash vegans of the group and yeah. me and mark are off to the side like yes i will have me and that, that's one of those meat things products like, <laughs> i've never had an opportunity or a circumstance <laughs> to try bovril and I, part of me is like, hmm, beef juice. Would I like it? <laughs> part of me is like, I really like the taste of beef. Um, maybe. <laughs> yeah. So I don't want to judge Mark too harshly for it. But then I the think- other part of me is like, it's beef juice, isn't it? It was a bit of an early joke when we were making characters. He was like, what if he's addicted to Bovril? And then immediately after that, I was kind of like, oh, well, one, we were all like, that's very funny. Yes, exactly. But then I kind of, once I started sort of fleshing things out a bit, I was sort of like, ah. Uh, I kind of like if we're saying Bovril, I need it to be its own thing. Mm. Kind of thing. Much as we are referential to the real world, I do think that our characters at the end of the day do exist in this world. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um okay, let's let's move up river then a bit. So going up the next sort of big town is Lorana. We've kind of touched on that and you guys have been there. Uh, I feel like we should do a Lorana episode at some point where we just go into a bit more detail with that because I've, I've sort of described a few things while you were there, but going into real detail and kind of making a bunch of businesses and stuff and yeah, because I was kind Maybe of... Maybe <laughs> a little bit more of Bork's cousin and why he ended up there and all the rest of it. Yeah, yeah. 
that 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 might be something we'll come up with another time. Um, but going further up the river, um, and now that there is a town here called Wild River, which I've pre we pre-established as the place where you your three characters met, mm-hmm. but we didn't describe it at all. And no. I've got it sort of nestled there in the fork where the the river sort of splits. Now, when you mentioned with Dallary that it's sort of a smuggler's haunt, that sort of thing, I kind of that sort of sparked a little bit in this one. In my head, I thought maybe half the town was on stilts out into the river. Mm. That was a thought I had, and it's also kind of in between three larger bits of forest. So that was sort of like very much like built out of lumber. You know, there's not a lot in the way of sort of stone buildings here, and sort of it half covers part of the river, sort of thing. Oh, that was a that was a thought I had. Yeah, that's a good striking kind of like I, I immediately again like versions of this kind of like town come to mind like sw- not quite swampy but those kind of stilts swamp houses like yeah, um, yeah. trying to think like Thailand there there are countries where it's sort of like you you've got that vision of the the trip down the river and the houses hanging off onto the river itself lots of boats lots of fishermen mm. that kind of deal low tide like the stilts are very much you could almost take a boat under a house kind of thing mm-hmm. yeah except it's really, it, so it's not really tied i suppose but yeah to look to look at the location as well and what we already talked about with the potential for smugglers you've got the that's a branch in the river so it, my mind immediately goes to the idea that there would certainly be an element there of like part of this route the, the the criminal element would be controlling part of the town hmm. possibly even like a, like contributing to the the wild in wild river is that this place could be slightly rough and tumble and maybe a little bit i don't know slightly rougher so to speak what do yeah. you think yeah no i like that that's good it's, it's sort of not it's not a nice place really mm. like it's a necessary place and maybe there's a small kind of there's a small garrison and stuff, but it's very much not like a destination of like, oh, why don't we let's travel to Wild River? We'll have a great time, you know. So it doesn't look like a place that's were the weather to get rough. Like you, you're on the edges of this river on both sides of Wild River itself. Mm. You're living on the water. There's lots of dense forest nearby. Like that's going to be quite a rough spot. Like should rough weather come through, and it's not going to be a pleasant place to live in terms of like everything's going to be wet. All yeah, the time. yeah. Like, like I'm, I'm imagining the forest. Lifestyle. I'm imagining the forest around it as kind of like pine forests and, and things, and it's just yeah, it it gets cloudy, it gets rainy, it gets everything gets damp. Uh, but as I say, going into it, the only things pre-established I had was the name, the location, the fact that you guys met there, and I suppose we've we've mentioned that the landlord of the Aravel pub you met there because he was there selling uh, the 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 pub's own brand, sort of ale wasn't he in in wild mm-hmm. river and then the you guys hitched a lift with him so i mean Aravelle, that's kind of the closest town to Aravelle, really like yeah I, I think that that would work in terms of like especially if he was there selling stuff like it, it's going to have an infrastructure it's going to have its basics like yeah. there, there's going to be hunters there's going to be your millers all that kind of stuff but at the same time there's predominantly going to be a, I, I would what comes to mind is like a sense of like oppression, a sense of like this is not a comfortable place to be, so everybody's a bit downbeat. Mm, it's a bit cramped because it's maybe it's in between the two rivers and that's why it's spread out over the river. Mm, lots of people coming and going on the river, possibly passing through on but mostly passing through. Mm, for sure. Like no yeah. most people wouldn't stop in Wild River, I wouldn't have thought. No, no, it's it's a very transient sort of population. Mm. 
And I think people coming and going, not staying for long. There's, there's a few people. There's definitely a few people who live there full time, but you get a lot of traders and things that are people just stopping off. That's it. And yeah. even if you did go there with the intention of stopping, it might be that after a little while, you kind of look around and you realise, like, oh, this this is a depressing place to be. This is not <laughs> got a bit of a CD underbelly. It's yeah. So the wrong look at the wrong person, maybe that's going to get questions and you don't want to have those kinds of questions. Yeah, to, to go with the Skyrim thing again, maybe sort of part Falkreath, part, um, what's the one, part uh, Riften sort of yes, thing. Yes, Riften is definitely the one that comes to mind as the more likely like reference point. Like this yeah. is a town with an underbelly. There, well, there are things Falkreath taking place. the trees, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's sort of more of a Riften vibe to it. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, well, I think there's some stuff to build on there. I think all of these towns are probably going to get their own episode of this at some point or other, where we're just like, right, who's in charge of the town? What's the well, like what's you said at the start, in? like we're, we're kind of you. You've put the groundwork in in terms of like putting the dots on the map. Like you've collected names, plonked them down, and we're now putting in like the, this is the next level of the skeleton. Let's say we're putting mm, muscle on it for sure. Like you built. You, you build the skeleton, we'll put some muscle on it, and eventually it'll be a fully skinned being that's living and breathing. Yeah. I mean, it, I would I'd love for it to get to the point where people are like, yeah, we're going to play our games in Valana, but I, you know, we'll see how that goes. But um, yeah. it's I, I would like to get enough of it down that it's, like you say, we can just say, like, oh, let's go over that way. Well, we know what that area is like, as opposed to, like, we know there is an area. We want to be able to have it enough where I can, there's enough texture to everywhere. Yeah, yeah, and that way, if we if we do say we're going left, you can look at the map, and instead of having that internal moment of like, oh God, I've got to think of a hundred percent of everything <laughs> that's about to happen, you can at least look at the map and be like, ah, yes, I remember we talked about that place. I've got thematic things in mind that I can at least quickly use as like, here's the inspirational seeds for characters mm. and circumstances, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, okay, so before we carry on north, I actually want to again skip over all the way east again to the next. This the only other sort of large town on before we hit the top, the north coast, is uh, Riftview, mm-hmm. um, which again is kind of in the wastes, but in my head, the sort of the that you'll notice there's a kind of V on the northern part of the V of mountains with a tower mm-hmm. at the kind of point of it. In my head. And I, w- I was debating whether to sort of sort of say what the deal with the tower and the V was, was that at some point, maybe prior to it being fully made into wastes, um, the islands to the north, the Amethyst Isles, were connected to the continent. Mm-hmm. And uh, sort of this is before it was sort of unified into a country, but maybe there was like a small group of... Yeah, that that sort of peninsula, which is now a group of islands, was a sort of one not nation, but like loose sort of mini state sort of thing. Okay. Who were at war with somebody who was south, and this is I'm in my, again. This is all very loose, but I'm sort of thinking that at one point this would have been in that uh, age of arcane might that obviously the magic ruled all basically, mm-hmm. and whoever's tower that was didn't like somebody in the what's now the amethyst isles and decided i'm just going to blast that part of the comfort the country and then <laughs> result this whole big rift which is sort of in my, it's kind of in my mind it's a huge deep valley sort of thing okay and a lot of the the top part is then became underwater and now it's now islands sort of thing 
Oh, I like it. Uh, so Rift View itself would be kind of like, I mean, I can see it's next to some mountains, like you've, you've drawn some mountain range. Mm. Would, it, would it be right in thinking that it's kind of overlooking the basin then? That this yeah, that, that was great. sort of what I had in mind, yeah. Um, I mean, again, I probably will go back and just sort of add a bit more detail into the map itself because it's a bit smooth where it meets the water there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't whether it's up in a mountain pass or something sort of but yeah definitely sort of overlooking this and it's tough to because i haven't really added in a sort of deep i kind of need to make that look a bit more like a valley on the map really but it is meant to be this sort of deep kind of depression Mm. where yeah and (laughs) it's almost like i can i can picture like what you've described as like okay so we've got the tower down at the bottom and then there'd almost be like the guy's almost fired like a cone of flame, but this is like the most insanely enormous version of that. Mm. And it, it's blasted out in like a cone shape in front and blasted off those islands in the archipelago, like yeah. you said, and, and knocked it off into becoming this I'm series also of even, even thinking that maybe it was like, that was the combined magical power of a bunch of like the wizards of whatever small state was in that area. Mm-hmm. They were like, right, no, you're, they're, Maybe they weren't even in charge. They were forced into it. It's like, we are going to use these six people's magical essences to fuel this spell. And it kind of backfired and, you know, just really just didn't do them a lot of favors either, kind of thing. You know, the irony of it, oh, we, yeah, we've we've made, we, we've blasted off part of the continent, but at the same time, we've destroyed the whole city. Maybe there was a whole city around the tower. Yeah, yeah, because like there's a lot of space there for that to have like that could have been lush verdant land at one point, and then in yeah. one fell swoop, like they just unleashed a torrent of whatever, like whatever kind of magic it was, it just mm. blasted the hell out of the entire place and just burrowed in deep, like you say, like created that basin. Yeah, I also had this idea that they're called the Amethyst Isles because the magic kind of imbued all the rocks with the sort of magical energy so there's like a, a, a greater than average sort of amount of crystalline growth on the on the islands mm-hmm. and it, they're amethyst because they're all all the crystals are amethysts or something i don't know just a vague well, that'd be a, quite a striking place yeah um but all that said rift <laughs> review is overlooking this rift valley basically um, was the idea i had for that which i think just the the visual the, the visual sort of image of like you're maybe up in the mountains sort of on the edges of the that got thrown up on the edge of the of, of the rift mm-hmm. so maybe sort of built in between two peaks or not in between two peaks you know sort of in uh, definitely up into mountains sort of thing with a, with a kind of look view look at look down would, it, would it be a reasonable thought that like where it's sort of where this magical force has created this basin that it's it's shifted the the earth to the edges so to speak, to create those mountains, to that, create that was, those... That was my thought, yes, that, that's... Right, right. Yeah. Hence the V sort of thing. It kind of, almost like it's like a crater. I really just hit, I shouldn't hit my microphone stand when I'm talking. But yeah, really, you're kind of seeing the bottom part of, like, because it is a cone and it's just carved out under the, you know, the earth has been thrown to the side sort of thing. I mean, so far as, like, well, I don't know what you would do in Rift View, but I could see it serving a purpose insofar as, like, here is the place to see the aftermath of the event this is where mm. you go if you want to understand the, the damaging power of magic that this is how far it can go and this is why perhaps people should be careful about it perhaps but, the, even where it did the uh the, the spell did the sort of crystalline thing with the islands perhaps it also the all of the where it's thrown up these mountains those mountains are particularly rich in something or other mm-hmm. maybe there is a mine at rift view or something yeah that would justify it beautifully in terms of like 
because then you've got, I mean, <laughs> there's an abundance of this crystal, but at the same time, I suppose it's going to be like, who's got use for it? It's going to be like you're furnishing the ladies of the land with the jewellery and what have you, that the place could almost be this kind of like, in a strange way, a wealthy place born out of absolute devastation. Mm. The one thing I did say as well is that, um, I've, put, I've put it in one of the articles, I think it was in the gem of, the, the Maylar's gem article, was that it, it was made of an amethyst from the amethyst isles. Uh-huh. So perhaps these crystals do retain a bit of a magical property. So they're kind of a mm. bit sought after because they're quite useful in enchanting and things like that. Yeah, if the potential's there for their magical capacity, then that definitely mm. creates way more reason to have like and there's a rich a, a heavily yeah. controlled area in fact like because if it, if it were just that these things were being made for jewelry then you've got one level of like okay the mine can be run legitimately or it can be run by a cartel hmm. if it's magical related stuff then then we get into the realms of like is there an organization associated with the control of these gems because of the capacity to cause pr problems well maybe Who not are they, what's their role that, that kind of thing like, yeah maybe not that they're sort of they don't <laughs> Inherently magical isn't. Maybe they're just more susceptible to being used for enchantments or something. Not necessarily that they come out and they're just f full of spells. Right. Um, I don't know. I'm uh, yeah. Just we're still trying to get. Well, I'm, I'm of, thinking yeah. in terms of like, okay, so even if they weren't inherently like full of magic, so to speak, they're not like material or right. anything like that. Like, <laughs> it, it, instead, it's more like these can be charged up. They're more like soul gems if we're going to use them. Yeah, they would stick with the Skyrim metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> But that's bit, still yeah. going to lead, I would think, to like the, the people that would value those would be mages, and yes. then there would be a yeah. certain amount of like organization related to that. And the, I mean, if if you controlled the gems that can hold power, then arguably your little group is has got a leg up on the next one, so mm, to speak. For sure, yeah. But we can dive, we can delve into that another time. But maybe that's the thing. There, there's a particularly rich seam of them beneath Riftview. So there's this mine there, but it's also a bit of a kind of area of outstanding natural beauty <laughs> looking into this you know <laughs> thing so it has become a bit of a destination maybe like i said that maybe some of the the crystals that are dug up are used like i say for jewelry so it is a bit of a kind of rich man's mm. getaway spot of like we come here this is where we get this is where we get the diamonds from but you know it could equally be just thinking about it like along those lines because obviously it's in a devastated area there's not going to be farms that you're not going to raise animals on that land especially if it's up in this raised area yeah it could well be that yes the capacity to make enormous amounts of wealth is there the men that work in that town are not wealthy mm. they're kind of like the equivalent to the like the first oil men or coal miners almost where it's like yes they're, they're this mine itself is worth a lot of money the man that owns this mine is not here because this place is hell yeah <laughs> <laughs> and within that you could then have like the the culture of foreman and the s like the the ranks of people within that organization who actually gets to leave review every now and again and go to the nicer places who's actually taking the money that kind of thing right there, there's a lot of potential for mm. again ex either extensions of the criminal element potentially the creation of a character that owns this and is as such a, a very wealthy individual and powerful or an organization that, as I say, the magical mind. Yeah, those, yeah. those are the places that my mind goes at least. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I, I like that. Good. I think, yeah, because I think when I, yeah, I, I think I prefer that to my thought of like, oh, maybe, you know, it's a bit of a getaway spot. Maybe, yeah, mm -hmm. you say up in the mountains, it is hell working there. 
but it produces a lot of wealth for the person who runs it, you know, but That's not the, the people kind who of work place. there. Yeah. It's the kind of place that you could almost have like a gold rush mentality. Like there could be people elsewhere in the country that are like, oh, I've heard tales of Riftview that a man can make his fortune there. Oh, and yeah, then maybe like you can have the occasional person, maybe there'd be like one grizzled guy who got away from Riftview and he's like, I thought that I believe that story. I've been to Riftview. Lost yeah. my eye and my arm, and I broke my <laughs> that, heart. that kind of deal. Like, yeah. I'll tell you the truth of it. There's wealth there, all right, but it doesn't belong to you or I. Yeah. There's a curse on them there hills. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go up to Rift you now. <laughs> that place is <laughs> a powerful curse. Yep. <laughs> it's a weird voice. Um. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. I keep I keep feeling like I'm moving us on from stuff, but I kind of am. But yeah, I, I just want to hit. There's a couple more I want to hit. I think, and then where are we at? We are at 57 minutes. Ooh, so yeah, I am so probably going to trim, trim this down a little bit, um, but not a heavy edit like the other stuff. <laughs> um, okay, so let, let's head up onto the northern coast. So we've got uh, first off, we've got Springport, which is uh, sort of the, the mouth of the river. It's on a bit of a delta. In my mind, I had this as like a very much a kind of vibrant sort of working port kind mm -hmm. of thing. Quite wealthy because there's a lot of trade running through it. Um, yeah, that, that's yeah, that, that what suits I had in the mind. purpose perfectly, I think, and especially where I mean we've kind of made allusion to it now, but it's the the river's flow is from north to south, mm. so that's the entry point for all kinds of things. That that's that's where yeah. the the trade route that we've kind of been establishing throughout this conversation like that's where it would start that's where i think there's going to be some element of the criminality there but at the same time like you say i think because of its location that's going to be like you've got a fisherman you've got a port you've got all kinds of infrastructure that would allow it to be a thriving diverse location mm. a lot of stuff is offloaded and then transported to the capital over to valenay yeah because that's that's relatively local it's got land and water connection so yeah you could see springport being quite a strong possibly like where villane might be a little bit more like the cosmopolitan city springport might have a little more of the industrial side of things yeah i mean villane has got like it's on the coast too so it's got like the fishing thing and that but springport where it's at the mouth of the river sees quite a lot more maybe not more traffic than the capital but a lot you know bigger than mm -hmm. it more than it would for its size normally something like it's not full city, but it's sort of like a lot of stuff runs through there and gets taken either, you know. It, it could be seen to be like this is a place that's in boom times, yes. perhaps. That, yeah. It's like the, it's growing. There are people trying to move to Springport. There are trying to, people trying to like establish new business because new business is so easy there at that moment. Mm, for sure. To give it another 100 years, maybe it and Valin might combine. Like uh, to look at these locations and... Um, <laughs> I mean, we're tangent to pull. Sorry. Yeah, I'm thinking like distance wise, they look quite close on the map, but like we are sort of looking at like probably about, they're probably about 40, 50 miles apart. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, well. Not combining into one. It's, yeah, I really need to maybe put a scale on this map. And <laughs> I haven't quite decided on it really because I've just sort of been saying, oh, yeah, it's about a three days trip. Like it was about three days trip from you guys from Lorana to Wild Meadow, and I think that's meant to be about sixty miles. Mm -hmm. So it's not, you know, they're not that close, and it's a it's a similar sort of straight line thing there, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Well, I take that back then. 
Well, no, no, no. I mean, that's that sort of maybe works though because they're distant enough that they they're not competing so much. But there is one more unnamed point between the two of them. That so I, perhaps, yeah, I was thinking of that. I, as like I, a small I'm just, village. I was only speculating mostly on the idea of like, given another hundred years, another two hundred years, or something. If the prosperity continues and this, these places expand, there would come a point where like. I guess maybe they wouldn't connect necessarily, but if that dot in between represents like a small location, small fishing village right now, perhaps that would be the next place that would start to build up afterwards because after you've got people that have filled up the coast of Springport and the coastline of Verlaine, you would then have the people that are still like arriving with the understanding like, hey, we could make some money here, but Springport's no good anymore, Verlaine's no good anymore, where's the only place we can go to that's perhaps between the two of them and still has a bit of space. Yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, no, I get where you come from with that. But yeah. that's like, I, I, that's proper like 200 years later. That yeah, that's, like, we maybe don't need to worry about that so much right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, let's move a bit further up then. We've got, only got one or two more that I've got names for on them. Yeah. Uh, so these ones, literally, I know nothing about them other than they're there and that's the name. <laughs> okay. There's, and I think this might have been, I either used a name generator or it was one that, because at a certain point I asked you to just send me a bunch of names. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll, I'll come up with some more yeah. if, if you're in need. I'll, I'll sit down and work and just. Well, there's a lot of dots on the map, so wild. maybe. <laughs> um, so we've got Fin Creep and we've got Fallen Arch. Okay. The only one, that, uh, well, I don't really know about Fin Creep, but Fallen Arch, I've got this kind of. Um, image in my mind of a sort of it's it's kind of it's the northernmost and westernmost pretty much yeah i mean the the, the country sort of bulges out again but at, at that end of the country it's, it's sort of the the last bastion sort of thing mm-hmm. sort of before sort of poking a bit out into the the sea i've got the sea of whispers sort of northern sea I'm, i should probably come up with a name for the the western sea as well but um yeah well, what immediately comes to mind for me with fin creep is that it's almost like a little finger popping off of the top of the continent and that it's it's creeping off and that that could be the, at least the inspiration for the name of it is that like somebody got the lay of the land i mean there's a mountain range right there you could probably get a reasonable view and somebody with a po- poetic mind naming locations could probably have come up with fin creep and being like it's it's a creeping finger out into the sea <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, um, I suppose visually, though, I mean, okay, I'm trying to think of like it'd be good for each of these to have like a, okay, a visual image of like that's what this town. You know, when you think of this town, that's what you see. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm trying to take that further because there's a fallen arch with it being so far north strikes me as a location that would probably be quite small. I mean, yeah. That's going to be, again, hard weather. When hard weather comes, that kind of, like, offshoot. It catches the, the storm, the yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, that's going to be a rough spot to be. So perhaps you're looking at, like, a village-level kind of place that's going to have, like, sheep herders, farmers, that kind of, like, almost like a highlands kind of location. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, yeah, that makes sense for that. I was thinking maybe it was, with the name Fallen Arch, maybe there, there are some ruins there of a... Um, it's kind of built on the bones of an old city mm. kind of thing. So maybe it it feels bigger than it is because the ruins are all there. Um, but the actual bit that's in use is maybe not quite so big. 
Yeah, no, I could definitely see that. Again, well, it's funny that, it, again, evokes like thoughts of Scotland, the idea of like Roman ruins, that these were structures at one point that were kind of like yeah. much more well-constructed and what have you and stood the test of time, like Hadrian's Wall and what have you. Hmm. Like, so perhaps it's called Fallen have... Arch because there is like the the one <laughs> main part of it is there's this huge archway which has collapsed and it's quite obviously a structure. So mm. they go, they're like, oh, well, we're going to go live up by the Fallen Arch. And over time... It just became called Fallen Arch. Yeah, that's a that's a good striking visual and a good. It gives a sense of like, yeah, things have occurred here. This was a place that perhaps served more of a function at one point, but now it's just like it's it's still a fertile land. So there's reason for people to live there. But hmm. for some reason, the image of a like a sort of giant kind of partly collapsed kind of colossus as well. There, like kind of like you know, in uh, Fellowship of the Ring, there's those two, the, like the um, the two huge statues that they go in between in the river. Mm-hmm. Yep. Kind of like there's those, but like looking out to sea. Mm. Yeah, like this was once a big city, like this was you know of a powerful empire, which is no longer here, sort of thing. Yeah, because that would represent to any ship sailing in, they're they're going to witness these statues, the spectacle of these buildings structures whatever and that's going to be their introduction to like hey this isn't a place to mess around with but these days if you were to sail in you would see like oh once upon a time there were people that would have been waiting for us here but i guess we'll keep sailing on well either that or it is like a welcoming thing like so maybe the arch was like there was this huge kind of archway almost a little bit out in the harbor like i'm talking like a huge archway like it was the size of you know (laughs) the archway is like hundreds of feet tall mm. and like on either side of it are, are these statues and the statues are still there and kind of part of the archway is still there but it's fallen in in the middle and that and yeah as a kind of welcoming thing and then the sort of the land kind of joins up to the arch so the the arch is over sort of the entrance way to this kind of harbor maybe yeah i know what you mean yeah We'll get Mark, we'll get Mark to draw us it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. Like we've got a graphic artist. If, if he's taken by any of this, maybe you can persuade him to do so a few bits and pieces. Yeah, Mark, do us a bunch of free work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's the thing. I don't want to be like, yeah, Mark will draw all of this for nothing. Yeah, that's what, yeah. Him while he's working on professional things that actually pays right. <laughs> yeah, Mark, if if the if you're listening and the uh, the thought grabs you, feel free to draw any of these places. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, with that in mind for Fallen Arch, I quite like that. Um, fin creep, I don't know. I'm sort Perhaps of... another fishing place. Again, fin. Yeah. Hard not to have like, fish-related things come to mind with fin creep. Could be that there's a particular type of fish that they catch around there that's like perhaps a delicacy or is useful for something in particular. I like that, yeah. You haven't lived till you've eaten fin creep bass. You know? Yeah, that kind of deal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, something like that. That one, I think, is one to expand on later, I think, really. Um, I've got some names on the Amethyst Isles, but I think we'll do an, another episode for the Amethyst Isles. So, I, I, I don't want to be the one that comes along and is like, let me let me and you be the ones that decide everything. Like, I want to I hear yeah. what other people have to say about a lot of these places. So, yeah. Well, we've got some good stuff here. So, okay, well, mm-hmm. that's kind of that's a, a sort of good general overview of the kingdom. And we've we've come up with some ideas for a few of the places that we're gonna. F- I think we'll. I think each of those can do with its own little. Maybe we can do two in an episode or something. Mm-hmm. Like fully flesh them out, and 
we, now we've oh, got yeah, something yeah. to build on we can, we can come back to them with a few more ideas um so i think just to finish this up we mentioned this at the top of um whoever is joining me for these you're going to bring a completely different sort of something that's not based on something that's already on the map or something and we will come up with something for that now you you mentioned to me what what you what you got sort of started oh yeah uh, over messages uh, the other day so um well, pitch me it. <laughs> okay, right. Now, full full credit where it's due. This was not actually my idea. This was something that, oddly enough, my housemate came up with. He's okay. got nothing to do with D and D or anything like this. But we were sat talking about something geeky and sort of D and D related, hmm. and he mentioned the idea of the members of the staff, which would be a cult that worships the staff, but. The people that we would be interacting with would not be the members of the staff. They would be members of staff for <laughs> the members of the staff. Okay. So that like <laughs> that's like if you beamed aboard the Enterprise and you you dealt with the guy who mops out the holodeck. Basically. <laughs> so the concept here would be that the members of the staff worship fragments of an ancient staff, some some arcane relic from Probably two thousand years ago at this okay. point. Okay, yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. It's, it's an arcane relic from the age of arcane might, and whether or not this staff has any power or had any power is kind of lost to the ages. Much as the members of the staff themselves are, because at some point or another, the members of the staff disappeared. Whether it's that they destroyed themselves, that they just stopped, or whatever, the actual people with the magic power aren't there anymore. But the members of staff. For the members of the staff are still there and they're very efficient bureaucrats <laughs> so much so that they've not noticed that the majors aren't there anymore because they're so busy dealing with the day-to-day -day, like change, changing of the water in the latrines prepping the food making sure that everything's work in spick and span working order that they've just kept going for generations and now if you were to ask a member of staff for the member of the staff why they do what they do it's simply what they do. It's almost like a cult-like attitude towards yeah. like, well, the toilets have to have fresh water. We have to make sure the floors are scrubbed. We have to make sure that there is food in these rooms. And we don't ever... Part of the deal would be is that the members of the staff refused to talk to the members of staff <laughs> because they were above them. Like they, these were people that were meant to turn up, yeah. wash and clean things for them, and then scurry off without saying a word because the members of the staff have busy arcane duties to attend to, and they don't have time to be discussing oh, yeah, no. them. You can't be dealing with the you know the riffraff on a daily basis. There's you know, I like the idea when you were saying like maybe the the, the members of the staff disappeared. Mm -hmm. Maybe they. <laughs> they, they, the, the members of staff just haven't put any more thought into it because they were, they were told, "Do not disturb us. We are going to, <laughs> we're going to be convening a not a council meeting, but like we're going to seclude ourselves up in the top of the tower to meditate upon the staff." Mm -hmm. And they just never came out. So there's all these corpses up in the top of the tower because maybe they meditated on the staff, and something went wrong, and they all died. But nobody's thought to check in on them because they were told, "Do not disturb us." Well, that's it. I mean, so, ultimately, yeah. in, insofar as like, it would depend on that, I mean, obviously this is just a, an idea to be out in the world, whether or not it's ever actually used for anything is up in the air. But yeah. it's one of those things where like, what you've just described is perfect insofar as like, okay, so these guys went to the top of the tower to worship the ancient staff or do whatever they were going to do with it. 
we, the adventurers coming in on the bottom floor, talking to the members of staff or the members of the staff, <laughs> are completely oblivious and have a selection of people to talk to who are actually useless. Nobody can inform this at all. Nobody can tell you anything useful. It's not possible. You know what I'm really thinking of with this? Is that episode mm-hmm. of Red Dwarf where they first meet Crichton. Yes, yeah, where he's just <laughs> he's just looking after skeleton. Yeah. <laughs> he's completely content to be continuing on with this because he doesn't understand that they're dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but these, these are people that, like, they're more pissed off that you're there asking questions because they've got things to wash and stuff like that. They've got food to prepare. Mm. So are you oh, thinking don't... it's a tower or it's like a keep? I think I a, think keep, a keep of some sort. But And where you mentioned the idea of it being a tower, I do kind of like the idea that they're, wherever they're going to go with this staff, that wherever the staff is stored, that it's, it's a pain in the ass to get to and that only the people with... The, the actual members of the staff could get to these places. Perhaps you could have something where maybe because it's an arcane group, you could almost treat it like, <laughs> it's funny that we end up making so many references to other things, but um, in Morrowind, the uh, Majors Guild had a thing where you had to have levitation in order to get to one of the locations. Like right. You actually had to know the levitation spell because this was like a floating island somewhere. Yeah. And you, had, you had to be pretty proficient to actually get to it. Maybe not, a floating location or something like that but something that would require like an arcane test here's a demonstration of like you you must be a member of the staff in order to have this spell in order to get through that barrier Mm, there's like a portal or something that's it and it would account for the fact that like maybe over the eras like there's gonna have been one member of staff who got a feeling like i want to know what's going on and maybe he could be the apocryphal example of like Oh, there was one of us once who tried to find out what was happening, and well, here's what happened to him. He got he got fried in the I don't know, maybe it's a wall of many colors or something like that. Yeah, where he didn't like... he, he he didn't have the 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 ring of passing, or I don't know, you know, <laughs> there's some it, specific something... thing needed to get past this barrier or through through a portal or something, and the only things you know the only ones left are past the barrier because they were all in there and died. So, <laughs> but, but they haven't questioned it. That's it. And that ultimately, like, maybe and I, I think about this, the possible outcomes for this, especially for the members of staff. What, what would happen at the end of the day? Say you were to go up to the top of the tower, maybe you break the spell or whatever. Would they then just continue? Would they be content to be like, oh, we, we really didn't care that I, they weren't I got there this, anymore? Yeah, like, I, we were just going to keep going regardless. So, you guys have done what you've done, but we're going to keep filling the water in the toilets and keep making food like it you changed nothing here maybe yeah maybe the the you know i don't whether we do it with you guys or and you know or somebody else plays through this you know little adventure they come mm. down and proclaim like they're all dead you don't have to be here anymore and you can go about your lives and there's a sort of shocked silence from the the members of staff and they they say oh, okay okay and they sort of shoot people out and it's sort of shoot the adventurers out and they all kind of look at each other and go we shall never speak of this back to your duties (laughs) (laughs) return to the toil yes (laughs) we're we're good where we are (laughs) yeah or i mean i I can see like there's a lot of circumstances that come out of this in terms of what happens to the members of staff because they would be the most efficient kind of like cleaning crew in the in the land of valerna like oh yeah they know their stuff (laughs) that's it so if if perhaps a more well whether it would be unscrupulous but properly like approached perhaps you could persuade them to be like 
hey, maybe you could work for us. Maybe you want to, maybe a couple of you could join our little crew. We need like attendants, valets, people that can mm. be like keeping our gear maintained. A couple we'll bring of you, you can on, come on a short term contract, you know. <laughs> That's it. Or maybe they could persuade them to be like, okay, so we're going to like turn you into a service. Like we're going to tra- transport all of you onto Valine and you're going to become the members of staff cleaning crew <laughs> or something <laughs> like that, where like you're going to now facilitate rich people's needs and basically. We're just going to skim a bit off the top and you're making money for the group. Thank you very much. <laughs> I like it. Okay. So the members of the staff, are they mm-hmm. members? Okay. I feel like we need to, are they the members of the order of the staff could be like the full title or something like that? Yeah. It's probably better to differentiate it just a little bit. Cause like, <laughs> part of me likes the idea that there's only one word difference between the two titles. And yeah. then that's the that's the source for confusion. That's but at the, the same joke. time, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> at the same time, members of the order of the staff makes more sense in terms of like, yeah, members of the staff, the staff, like. It would more suppose- be a joke that like when we write our World Anvil article about the order of the staff, <laughs> you know, the joke comes when you're playing rather than when you're reading the article. Be like, oh no, I'm just a member of staff here. That's I it because it's easy enough to read staff. that and differentiate. Yeah. But- in the moment, is it? I mean, both of us. I can tell, like, both of us have been slowing down a little bit as we've been saying members of the staff, yeah, or members yeah. of staff. <laughs> like, yeah, and okay. that's kind of. Like, I like a bit of wordplay. Yeah, as people might it's, it's <laughs> I like. I like this idea. Okay, so geographically, where do you think they would be based? Somewhere a little okay. bit remote. Let's have a look. So they haven't been sort of stumbled upon yeah. so much. Maybe up into mountains somewhere. I was about to say the Drake Seat Mountains immediately is is where my eyes fall. Well, in it is right in the middle. Um. That's it, and it's kind <laughs> of like it's central enough to a lot of things that you could almost believe that, like, okay, they're not going to have much infrastructure to be able to supply themselves. Maybe there's a couple of them that can come down from the mountains, and they hmm. they have learned the ways of the locals enough that they can get whatever they need. To be able to go back up there and continue their duties so they perhaps yeah. once upon a time the the members of the staff or the order of the staff that they would be the ones that like in some way shape or form organize supplies to arrive and mm-hmm. then once upon a time the cart would just arrive and they the members of staff would unload things and do whatever and that one day the staff uh, the the cart didn't turn up and that they had to figure it out from there and as i say a couple of them wandered down into town for figured out the uh, the terrible ways of the city folk. <laughs> and then Those came people back don't to get know back everybody else. What is wrong with them? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so are we thinking... I, I think it would be quite good to have it sort of a little bit on the eastern side. Um, mm-hmm. This isn't in... Uh, this is going to sound like in a selfish sort of like so I don't have to run you guys through it at any time soon kind of way, mm-hmm. but I think it would be interesting if it wasn't everything... Because at the moment, a lot of our detail is just in a circle around Lorana. Yes. Um, so maybe if when they were coming down the mountain, they were coming down to the east side where it's the other side of the mountain range really from where you guys are. So there's, you know, unless you go out of your way, you're probably not going to run into it, run into it straight away. Um, well, unless you've got an idea for it, I can actually see an unclaimed red dot on well, the east side of it, the Drake Sea Mountains. The red dots are settlements. Okay. Um, okay, so we want to be a little bit away from that then. So probably maybe... If you follow the the grassy kind of wooded area that mm-hmm. that dots from, and just go north to the next kind of like the corner there where the mountains are like they they come into like a little corner cul-de-sac yeah, almost. Yeah, maybe up in that. So it's not like fully up in the mountains, but it's kind of tucked away in a valley. 
that's it and it's yeah. not quite close enough to that other location that anybody might be like looking around the corner and spotting it so to speak hmm. but it, it's somewhere close enough that in order for the members of staff to get their supplies they can sneak down to that village they can they can get down there and perhaps come and go hmm. without having to travel for like a week too many questions day. yeah yeah okay okay i think that's good i i can uh, i will adjust the map we'll put a little i've got some little sort of icons for forts and things I'll put one of those on the map, and we will. I, not on mic, I don't think. <laughs> we'll make a uh, a little uh, a world anvil page for the order of the staff. I think it should be quite good. Good stuff. So yeah, I like it. Uh, thanks so much for that. Yeah, my I pleasure. Think, um, and as I said at the start of this, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed the play and stuff. It was it's something that, in many respects, I wish I could go back through time and grab a younger version of myself and just go stop being so worried about other people's judgment and just get on with it. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's it's one of those things that I feel like we all came to, I mean, compared to, you read some stories, people be like, yeah, I played D&D since I was about 12 and stuff, and I think we all came to it a little bit late. I came to it a little bit earlier than you guys did. But mm. it was mainly because I stumbled across a the stuff, well, it's the game we played on uh, with Temp- our Tempest Squad and thing, I, I stumbled across the Star Wars role-playing game. And I'd heard of D&D, obviously, and all these kind of games, but I was kind of like, oh, I don't really know anything about them. Stumbled across the Star Wars game, I was like, well, I want to play this. But no one else I know knows anything about this, so if I want to play it, I've got to run it myself. And it was a bit of a sort of like, okay, I bought this game, who wants to play it? <laughs> sort of thing. And then, you know, going on from there. But um, I think I was even, I, w- I mean... I was probably 25 before I even started doing, you know, any kind of role playing type stuff. So I feel like we've all kind of come to it, come to it when oh, we yeah. come to it. And I've, I, it's all stuff that I know I would have had fun with it when I was younger. But well, I have fun with it now, so that's fine. Oh, absolutely. No. Yeah. <laughs> 32, 33. There's, there is some part of me that, like, grew up being mocked for being into all of this stuff that still, like, has this ridiculous reaction of, like, oh no, the ladies won't like me because I like the geeky things. <laughs> But I'm so far past really caring. <laughs> I genuinely think that we're doing a good job. Here, yeah, so. and hey, if if people make fun of you for liking it, then that's their problem. You know, you're having yeah. a good time. <laughs> Damn football and makeup geeks, all the normies. <laughs> There's not. This is a weird note to go out on. <laughs> Just railing against normies. <laughs> it's fine. If you hate the normies like I do, get in touch on Twitter. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Well, fact, I, I, I should probably give give that. Sorry to interrupt again. Um, unless you were about to lead into a whole like. Well, I was about to lead into a thing. Yeah, but uh, it's fine. Well, I'll, I'll let you lead into it then. Off you go. I was going to say yeah. Well, uh, I think that's probably going to do it for our first little world building episode, which has turned out quite a bit longer than our normal episodes. But I think that yeah. doesn't really matter. I mean, these bonus ones when we're, we're not sticking to too much of a formula, really. Um, especially if once we're doing one shots, they could possibly be the length of like two or three regular episodes so you know hey look at it this way you've got some extra stuff it's all good um so yeah i want to thank eden for joining me for this um i mean i i we we don't really give out our twitter handles that often do we i I put it in the episode descriptions but yeah not so much on this one in fairness but um at monkey magic eden is me on twitter you can find me over there probably complaining about work talking about the the woes of terrible technology that are coming through and (laughs) often denouncing mr far (laughs) <laughs> in which context well, no. will explain who that is, but I'm not going to get into it. <laughs> immediately dated this episode. <laughs> uh, it's all good. It's fine. Um, 
yeah so oh yeah thanks so much for joining me for this uh we'll be back next week with a regular episode which i think should be uh episode three of our call of cthulhu storyline um which peek behind the curtain we are recording a week today <laughs> so looking forward to that yeah should be fine should be fun um so okay that's that's going to do it for today i think uh so thanks a lot for joining us and we'll see you next time oh i should probably actually give out all the stuff so i don't have to record anything extra yeah <laughs> so yeah we'll be back next thursday uh 14th february uh for part three of our call of cthulhu uh storyline um until then you can uh, get in contact with us on facebook and twitter we are at, fa- uh, at no we're not at facebook we're at pretend with dice <laughs> on both of those <laughs> There's a lot that goes into these outros. Um, <laughs> uh, or you can email us at pretendingwithdice at outlook.com. Uh, if you're listening to us on iTunes, it'd be really great to get a uh, rating and review. Uh, yeah, it all helps us to find new listeners and stuff. Uh, if you've enjoyed these uh, these bonus episodes, this world-building thing, uh, we really want to hear what you think of it. So, uh, yeah, send us a tweet, send us a Facebook message, leave us a iTunes review, you know, let us know. We really do want to know. I hope, we hope they're being enjoyable for people. So yeah, I think that's gonna that's gonna do it. Uh, we'll see you all next time. Bye.